Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Happy week nine, big week eight behind us. Hope you all had a wonderful, safe Halloween, socially distanced, of course. And if you are out, I hope you were uh, smart with your neighbors. Big week, of course, we have the NFL trade deadline. We have the uh, U.S. election happening this week. We've got some big marquee matchups Thursday. we got the Packers and the 49ers Sunday, Monday night, big games as well. Starting to turn the corner in the NFL season as well as the fantasy season. A lot going on. I want to wish everybody uh, compassion, strength, and um, just overall kind of uh, a release of anxiety uh, this week. There's a lot going on, um, and I know that tensions are high, maybe within your own family, your friend group, no matter which side of the fence you're on. It is important that we band together and uh, we have compassion for one another because the reality is it's not you know, Republican versus Democrat. It's not red versus blue. It's us, the American citizens, us, the regular people going to work every day, us, the ones trying to provide for our families with normal jobs, normal lifestyles, normal incomes versus those up at the top using us as their pawns generally to, uh, you know, orchestrate their own capital gains. So without getting too far down the rabbit hole, I want to just encourage everybody to lead with compassion, lead with love this week. And uh, regardless of the results, I wish you all the best. All right, let's move into football here. This is episode 295 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Next week, we have episode 300. Very, very excited about that. Let's get into the ballers and stallers from week eight, heading into week nine. And of course, in the second half of this episode, per usual, I will break down my ideal waiver pickups for this week. All right, let's jump into the quarterbacks, the ballers here. Patrick Mahomes back up at the top, 36 fantasy points, 416 and five touchdowns against the Jets. I faded him a little bit, not because of the talent, obviously, but because I just frankly didn't think that he would even have time to throw this many touchdowns. I thought there would be more rushing attack here for the Chiefs, but all 35 points for the Chiefs come from Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns on the day. He did just fine there. Russell Wilson back up in the top two as well, 20 Eight fantasy points, 261, and four touchdowns on my Niners beat up on the 49ers, 37-27. Russell Wilson was absolutely cooking. Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns, all to Devontae Adams, 291 yards through the air. Matt Stafford, 336 and three, a season high for him all around, 23 fantasy points for him. Phillip Rivers up at the top, nice scene there, 262 and three touchdowns for him. Justin Herbert, 278 and three. Drew Locke. Uh, a rare top 10 sighting, 248 and three game winning touchdown at the very end there. 
Drew Brees, 280 and two. Tom Brady, 279 and two. Joe Burrow, 249 and two. And Cam Newton gets it done rushing once again, nine carries for 54 yards and a touchdown, but just 174 and no touchdowns through the air. A couple stallers here, players you started and may have let you down a little bit. Matt Ryan, just 18 fantasy points, 281, no touchdowns. Did have a rushing score, rare for him, but did have a score there. 281 and no scores, though, otherwise. Ryan Tannehill, 233 and two. Nick Foles, 272 and two. Daniel Jones, 256 and two. Could have had a lot more, just could not sync up with Darius Slayton deep, unfortunately, and missed a two-point conversion to lead it to overtime on Monday night. Ben Roethlisberger, 182 and two, but the Steelers remain undefeated, 7 and 0. Uh, the, the franchise has never been 8-0 and uh, in Pittsburgh and a huge win over division rivals, 28-24 over the Ravens in Baltimore. Speaking of the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 208 and 2, 16 carries, 65 yards, but that Steelers defense kept him in check. Derek Carr, Josh Allen, Teddy B, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, all players that you may have started and let you down. And, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, to injury, also goes out just 11 for 16 and 84 and a pick before he goes out. My boy Nick Mullins takes over, <clears throat> actually does quite well in the second half, 18 for 25, 238 and two. He should get the start on Thursday night versus the Packers. All right, let's move into the running backs here. All the way up at the top here, overall on the week, Dalvin Cook absolutely smashed five, uh, excuse me, four total touchdowns on the first four drives for the Minnesota Vikings, 30 carries, 163 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground, two catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown on three targets, 48 fantasy points for Dalvin Cook in PPR, and <clears throat> looked explosive. Obviously, he had the groin issue two weeks ago. They held him out, and then they had the bye week. He came back, obviously knocked off the rust. He is just fine there. I still recommend that Alexander Madison is – Managed in leagues just in case, but Dalvin Cook looks uh, looks straight up like the best running back in fantasy football right now. The second best running back in the NFL and arguably the best, uh, just not getting the touchdowns as of late, Alvin Kamara. 12 carries, 67 yards on the ground, nine catches on 13 targets, 96 yards for Alvin Kamara. We'll see what happens once we get Michael Thomas back there. Giovanni Bernard, number three, 15 carries, 62 yards and a touchdown, three catches on four targets, 16 yards and a touchdown through the air as well. Gio Bernard, two touchdowns filling in very, very well for Joe Mixon. Number four, DJ Dallas, Seattle running back, filling in for Chris Carson, filling in for Carlos Hyde. I will go over DJ Dallas a little bit more in depth here in my waiver column, but 18 carries, 41 yards and a touchdown, another score through the air on 17 yards and five catches there. Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins getting it done for the Colts, not Jonathan Taylor, which we'll get to in just a second. Hines, just eight yards on the ground, but two receiving touchdowns, 54 yards through the air. Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries, 89 yards, and stole Jonathan Taylor's touchdown on the ground that Taylor was unable to punch in. Zach Moss, two scores and 81 yards on the ground. He is a great pickup if available, but I doubt it, so I didn't put him in the column, but definitely keep an eye on him. Jamal Williams. 75 yards on the ground, 27 through the air. He will be out Thursday night due to COVID concerns, unfortunately, because he was in close proximity to A.J. Dillon. That is a bummer, but he has been doing very, very well um, in, uh, in spite of Aaron Jones there. Derrick Henry, 18 carries, 112, and a touchdown. Only 17, only 17 fantasy points, but uh, again, not used in the passing game, so down a little bit, but he's, he's the horse. Justin Jackson looked pretty well as, as well, 20 total touches. Over 140 total yards, 
looking good for him. Damian Harris, over 100 and a touchdown. Phillip Lindsay, James Conner, Gus Edwards, Jarek McKinnon, Miles Gaskin, Wayne Gallman all score a touchdown as well. Wayne Gallman uh, filling in pretty well for uh, Devonta Freeman there in New York. Couple of stallers here with less than 15 fantasy points in PPR. Josh Jacobs, look, getting the work, but unbelievable. He gets 31 carries, 128 yards on the ground. Very, very good day, but he doesn't score. So he only gets 12.8 fantasy points because he also had no receptions, just one target there. So finally got the work, but just 12 fantasy points on all that work is pretty disappointing. David Montgomery continues to get the work, 23 total touches, over 100 total yards. He's, he's not pretty, but you got to slot him in there as your RB2, RB3 flex. Melvin Gordon as well, outpaced by Philip Lindsay for sure, so he's been disappointing. Todd Gurley did get a score, but just 46 total yards. Devin Singletary outpaced again by um, Zach Moss, but he did get 86 total yards. Actually, excuse me, 92 total yards, but um, again, just didn't score there. Leonard Fournette took over when Rojo fumbled there early, and um, – he had 71 total yards on 18 touches. So you like to see that from Fournette, but again, did not score either. Jermichael Hasty was a pretty popular play. He scored, uh, but only 31 total yards there. Boston Scott, Carryon Johnson, Kareem Hunt, disappointments there. 73 total yards from Kareem Hunt, no touchdown. Mike Davis, again, 77 total yards. We'll see what happens with him uh, as Christian McCaffrey comes back there. Zeke Elliott. Man, 20 total touches, 73 total yards, no score there. Definitely, obviously disappointing there. Le'Veon Bell, Darrell Henderson, Ronald Jones, Cam Akers, if you were flying him out. CEH, James White, <laughs> DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, as I mentioned, just 11, uh, 11 carries, 22 yards, two catches for nine yards there. So pretty disappointing uh, day for some of those top running backs. But uh, a couple of those uh, top dogs got it done for you. All right, let's move on to the wide receivers here. DK Metcalf leading the charge here, 40 fantasy points, 12 catches on 15 targets, 161 and two dismantled. My Niners DK Metcalf is a man. Devonta Adams back up at the top here, 30 fantasy points, 12 targets, seven catches, 53 yards and three touchdowns there for the Packers. Robert Woods, two scores. He had a rushing score, which he gets on occasion. He also had seven catches on eight targets for 85 yards and a touchdown there. So great to see Robert Woods included there. Corey Davis, I will talk about him in the waiver column as well. Eight catches on 10 targets, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Looking very good there for the Titans since he's returned from COVID. Tyreek Hill, four catches, two touchdowns, 98 total yards. Looking just fine. Brandon Ayuk gets a touchdown on 91 yards, 11 targets for him. Nico Hardman also got a touchdown. Um, it was technically a pass, but it was one of those jet sweeps. From Mahomes, seven catches on nine targets, 96 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 110 yards, no touchdowns, but 21 targets. 21 targets to lead on the week by seven. Um, pretty uh, uh, six, excuse me, but um, pretty impressive game there from Cooper Cup. If he gets a touchdown, uh, he's in the top three there. So very good game from Cooper Cup. Keenan Allen. Nine for 11, 67 and one. Curtis Samuel had a rushing score and a receiving score there for the Panthers. Mike Williams had a uh, receiving score. He could have had another receiving score. I'll talk about him in the waiver column as well. Julio Jones, seven catches on 10 targets, 137 yards, but no touchdown. Should get more work if Calvin Ridley is to miss with the ankle injury. Allen Robinson, Travis Fulgham, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones had two scores. Deshaun Hamilton, Darnell Mooney, Mike Evans, and uh, Demarcus Robinson all had scores as well. A couple of players that could have let you down, potentially 15 or less fantasy points here. 
T Higgins, seven for 78, not bad, but didn't get that score there. So if you're not in PPR, that's just 7.8 yards there. Juju Schuster, another decent game for where he's been, but again, not magical there. Seven for 67. Chase Claypool did have a score, but just 42 yards total. Jalen Reger, first action back. He did have a score. I expect him to have a lot more. He had three end zone targets, six targets total. So just 13 total fantasy points of PBR, but I expect much more from him later. We'll talk about him in the waiver column as well. I talked about him last week, so you should already have him, but Jalen Reger needs to be managed on every roster possible. Michael Gallup, 12 targets from Ben DiNucci, seven catches, 61 yards. Not pretty, but um, he missed on five more targets. He was easily the most targeted cowboy there. So that keeps up. Michael Gallup could be a waiver wire grab as well, or a spot start if you've hung on to him. Hunter Renfro, AJ Brown, Golden Tate did have a touchdown. Um, AJ Brown and Hunter Renfro did as well, but none of them over 32 yards total. So they got the score, but not much, uh, not much else there. Jerry Judy, Darius Slayton, Robbie Anderson, Traquan Smith, Jarvis Landry, CD Lamb, um, another couple of guys who uh, potentially let you down. And of course, we had a, a few injuries as well per usual there um, this season, unfortunately. All right, let's get into the tight ends. We'll do defensive kickers and take a quick break. For the tight ends, Travis Kelsey back up at the top, 12 targets, eight catches, 109 yards in the touchdown. Jared Cook, 51 yards in the touchdown. Eric Ebron, 48 in a score. Taysom Hill, who technically is a tight end on ESPN rankings, unbelievable here. He also had a receiving score there. He had five rushes for 35 yards, two catches for 30 yards, and a touchdown, 14 and a half points for Taysom Hill. Do not start Taysom Hill. Rob Gronkowski, 41 yards and a touchdown there. He and Tom Brady pass up uh, Steve Young and Jerry Rice for the all-time connection at number two. They now, um, Gronk and Brady are now chasing Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. TJ Hawkinson, 65 yards, no score, but 10 targets. You like to see that. Robert Tunyon, five for 79. Evan Ingram, 5 for 61. Noah Fant, 7 for 47. Dalton Schultz, 6 for 53. Hayden Hurst, 5 for 54. And Trey Burton gets another rushing touchdown. A couple tight ends that could have let you down, potentially, if you play them. Um, Darren Waller, just 5 for 28. Hunter Henry, 4 for 33. Mar- uh, Mark Andrews, 3 for 32. George Kittle, unfortunately, got injured. He is out for basically the remainder of the fantasy season with a fracture in his foot. Two for 39, Ross Dwelly came in for him. We'll talk about those guys on the waiver column. And um, Jonah Smith, just two for 29. A couple dud weeks in a row. Hope to uh, get him back in action. And Harrison Bryant, who I expected bigger things from, just three targets in a terrible game versus the Raiders. The weather was horrendous. They weren't throwing the ball much. Three catches, 25 yards. Therefore, Harrison Bryant and Jimmy Graham, also two for 13. All right, let's get into the DSTs. So the top defenses on the week, the Eagles versus the Cowboys, no surprise there. A touchdown, two fumble recoveries, four sacks, a safety, only nine points against the Dolphins at number two over the Rams. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, two sacks, and 17 points against. The Colts had a touchdown, a pick, a fumble recovery, five sacks. At Detroit, the Cowboys versus the Eagles, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and four sacks there. And then you had the Steelers versus the Ravens, a touchdown, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, and four sacks. And the Chiefs had a fumble recovery and a sack and then a blocked kick versus the Jets as well. A couple that may have uh, let you down there with zero or negative fantasy points. The Bears at the Saints, the Broncos with the Chargers, 
the Packers versus the Vikings, the Vikings versus the Packers both had zero against each other. The Lions um, versus the Colts, the Bengals versus the Titans, 49ers at Seattle, Tennessee at Cincinnati, and the Jets, of course, versus the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's go into your top 10 kickers on the week. Ryan Suckup of the Bucks up at the top there, 15 points. Michael Badgley of the Chargers, 15 as well. Cairo Santos for the Bears, 14. Will Lutz, 13. Young Way Koo, 13. Greg Zerline had 13, uh, uh, had 12, excuse me. Sergio Castillo for the Jets had 11. And then some single digit uh, performances here. Daniel Carlson, nine. Justin Tucker, Jason Myers, Nick Folk all had eight. Randy Bullock and Brandon McManus had seven. Tyler Bass, Cody Parkey had six. And I guess if you want to call a, a staller for kickers, uh, some guys that were definitely started but may have let down a little bit. Harrison Butcher, five points. Joey Sly, five points. Graham Gano, five points. And all the way here at the bottom, very surprisingly, Steven, Steven Gaskowski, one point. And uh, Jake Elliott with one point. And Rodrigo Blankenship with three points. And Matt Prater with uh, two points as well. All right, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll get into the waiver wire pickups for week nine. Please follow the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. This is episode 295. A reminder, we have episode 300 coming up next week. Very, very excited about that. Also, please go check out our rankings and articles at tckpod.com and leave a rate and review right here on the podcast. A five-star review would be much, much appreciated. Thank you so much. Let's jump into the week nine waiver wire pickups quick, and we'll get out of here. Reminder, teams on a bye this week, the Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Rams, and the Philadelphia Eagles, and teams coming off of a bye, Arizona Cardinals, Washington football team, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Houston Texans. Keep an eye on those teams. Some of those premier guys may have been dropped to make room because of bye weeks. So again, I'll go over a few of those as we get through here, but just keep an eye on some of those bi-week returns. Quarterbacks, again, per usual, most usable weekly quarterbacks are rostered at this point in single and QB leagues, but let's look at a few streamers for every position, but definitely a quarterback, all right? Here's my top five quarterback streamer recommendations for this week. Big Ben Roethlisberger at Dallas. Dallas is the 17th toughest versus quarterbacks, but the fourth easiest versus wide receivers we know that they're going to be uh throwing the ball all over the yard they're in dallas this game is indoors i expect big ben to have a big game there matt stafford at minnesota sixth easiest versus quarterback second easiest matchup against wide receivers and we just saw aaron Rodgers throw three touchdowns to Devontae adams there drew lock at atlanta second easiest versus quarterbacks fifth easiest versus receivers cam newton Seventh easiest first quarterbacks, plus he's got the rushing upside. So obviously he's not pretty throwing the ball, but he does have the rushing upside, which is that cheat code in fantasy football. And Jake Lutton. So this is a uh, a new name here for fantasy. Jacksonville Jaguars taking over for Garner Minshew due to quote-unquote injury, but I think he'll probably just take over if he does well. Out of Oregon State, shout out to the Beavers up the street from, from me here in the Pac-12, versus Houston. This is his first NFL start coming off of a bye. The eighth easiest matchup versus quarterback, seventh easiest versus receivers. I expect they uh, let this kid chuck it. And we know Deshaun Watson and the Texans are going to be putting up points. So I expect him, for better or worse, have to throw the ball and hopefully make some plays there. So Jake Lutton, if you're in super flex and in trouble, uh, is, is available because 
unless it's a dynasty league, um, I'm sure he's available in redraft. So uh, take a chance there if you need to. All right, running backs, DJ Dallas. Last week, 22.8 fantasy points in PPR, 18 carries, 41 yards, and a rushing touchdown, five catches, 70, 17 yards, and another score through the air. Coming up against Buffalo, look, this is a great example of making the most of the opportunity, right? DJ Dallas was called upon as a last resort from Seattle after Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde were unable to go they were game time decisions. They were unable to go. Travis Homer didn't get much done. Dallas only had 2.3 yards per attempt, but was clearly the lead back in a very potent offense, had two touchdowns, one on the ground and one through the air. So again, if Carson and Hyde miss more time, I expect DJ Dallas to get more run as well. Not the greatest matchup against the Bills are kind of middle of the pack versus running backs in fantasy, but they do have the 14th easiest matchup for running backs. And again, if he's going to get the bulk of that workload in Seattle, I like that for sure. Keep an eye on Alex Collins, an older name for fantasy players, started with the Ravens, came to the Seahawks, kind of back and forth, practice squad, got called up last week. If they bring him back in, he's kind of a Marshawn Lynch-ish type. If they bring him in as well, they could either split carries or they are familiar with Alex Collins, so he might just start getting more of the work if Carson and Hyde have uh, long-term injuries. I don't expect that they will, but we're unsure about both those guys. Carson's been banged up um, most of the season. Hyde's been banged up most of the season. So um, keep an eye out for Alex Collins is a deep, deep name, but DJ Dallas should be the guy. Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines of the Colts. All right. So it's very frustrating for Jonathan Taylor managers. Like I know that I am one in multiple leagues. It's very, very frustrating, but the reality is it came out after the game that Jonathan Taylor is banged up. Phillip Rivers and Frank Wright revealed that, Frank Reich, excuse me, revealed that uh, Jonathan Taylor has a bit of an ankle injury. We'll see what that timetable actually looks like if he even misses some time. He did get a number of touches and he did have a goal line carry that he couldn't put in. So Jordan Wilkins got that touchdown. But Jordan Wilkins is the handcuff for Jonathan Taylor. They're the same type of running back. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. 21 touches, 131 113, excuse me, total yards in that rushing score. Naheem Hines is the PPR guy, right? So eight touches, 62 total yards, but two receiving touchdowns. We saw two touchdowns from him earlier in the season. They're going up against Baltimore this week. I'm not excited about that at all, but I would try to get these guys on your team just in case Jonathan Taylor ends up on the IR or he ends up with a harder um, timetable. I'm not predicting he will for this podcast. I don't know for sure, but keep an eye on that. If you have Jonathan Taylor, Go get Jordan Wilkins. And if you have an extra spot, look at Naheem Hines in PPR leagues. A couple honorable mentions here for the running backs. Again, a lot of new names in fantasy. We're getting to that time of year where the handcuffs are even getting injured or they're out due to COVID or whatever. So we're going to come up with new names. And I'm trying to find some, some deep nuggets for y'all if you're stuck. So Dexter Williams and or Tyler Irvin of the Green Bay Packers are the next men up at the 49ers this week. All right, so look. Aaron Jones is already out with injury. Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon are out in this game due to COVID-19 concerns, okay? Dexter Williams and Irvin are going to be next in line for Green Bay. This is a desperation ad, obviously, and, and maybe only for one week because I expect those other guys to be coming back. But if there's an issue here long-term, Dexter Williams is really kind of the, like, every down fourth string handcuff. Tyler Irvin is more of a PPR guy, right? So similar to uh, Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. If you're looking for like who will get most of the work, it's probably Dexter Williams. But if you're looking for just anybody to fill a roster due to COVID or bye weeks or injuries or whatever, then I would look at either one of these guys. But I would lean Dexter Williams for more work over Tyler Irvin, but just some deeper names for you. Another deeper name we haven't talked about in two seasons, Deonta Foreman of Tennessee Titans now 
All right. He started with Houston. He had that terrible Achilles injury years ago. A lot of hype coming out of Texas for him. He got injured, tried to come back quickly, re-injured himself, was out basically since 2018. All right. He's strictly the handcuff of Derrick Henry. So I don't expect him to get a lot of work, but if you have Derrick Henry, it's handcuff season. So if you have Derrick Henry, I would roster Deonta Foreman, who should be on every single roster, even in dynasty leagues, because we haven't heard from him in two years. All right. Jeremy McNichols is getting the passing down to work, but in, you know, short, uh, short amount of touches, seven to five, because Derrick Henry is obviously going to get that workload. Deonta Foreman got more touches than Jeremy McNichols, and he is the prototypical handcuff style running back to Derrick Henry. So if Derrick Henry were to go down for whatever reason, it would be Deonta Foreman, if healthy, coming in to spell him. Jeremy McNichols would be more of a third down back in PPR league. So keep an eye on Deonta Foreman and Jeremy McNichols if you need for the Titans. And just a quick name off of the bye week who may have been dropped, J.D. McKissick. I mentioned him multiple times in this series. Going against the Giants, coming off of a bye week, mostly a PPR pickup primarily, but again, keep an eye on J.D. McKissick, good for five to six catches a week, could be 50, 60 yards, and if he scores, that puts you over 10, 12, 15 fantasy points, which is great for a you know a second flex or RB2 if you're stuck, so keep an eye on J.D. McKissick there. All right, wide receivers and tight ends, and we'll get out of here. Corey Davis, another name we haven't talked about much. Last week, 26.8 PPR fantasy points, eight catches, 128 yards and a score coming up against Chicago. Tough matchup there, but Corey Davis should be rostered in every single league. He's been one of the most frustrating fantasy players at any position over the last five years, right? We all know the potentials there, but he's battled injuries. He's had inconsistent quarterback play, and he's basically led fantasy managers to throw in the towel this year. Not many drafted him. And they had a short leash. He started well, but then he got on the COVID reserve list. So he got drafted, drafted, dropped, excuse me, in a lot of leagues. And he's been a letdown overall. However, it seems like Corey Davis and Ryan Tannehill have kind of started to connect this season. In the first three games of the season, Davis had at least 12 PPR points in each game. He then missed two games due to the COVID IR and then had the teams buy in week four. So over the last two weeks, week seven and eight, since returning, Davis has been an excellent compliment to AJ Brown. So Davis has been the wide receiver seven overall in that time ahead of Brown uh, by three PPR fantasy points at wide receiver nine. So he's collected 14 receptions, 20 targets, 10 in each game for 163 total yards and two touchdowns. So Corey Davis should absolutely be on your team. There were a handful of folks that kind of thought that Corey Davis could be this year's Devontae Parker, basically like that fifth year breakout. And so far in the games that he's played, he's absolutely been that guy. So Parker last year was wide receiver seven down the stretch after five years of being a dud on the off chance that Corey Davis could also be that guy. I would definitely like to have him on my roster versus my opponents. Absolutely. All right. Marvin Jones gets even more of a boost here with Kenny Galladay being out for a couple, uh, at least this week, maybe a, a few coming up here. So 19 points last week, Three catches, 39 yards, but two scores going up against Minnesota. Minnesota has been absolutely dreadful against wide receivers, as you know. Again, I mentioned earlier with Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had three touchdowns last week versus the Vikings. I expect that to uh, continue here for the Lions. So keep an eye on um, Matt Stafford here, along with uh, rookie Quintez Cephas and possibly Mohamed Sanu, who they brought in for a tryout as well with uh, Kenny Galladay getting out here. So if... Um, Marvin Jones does not get traded. Um, then I expect him to have a big game this week. If he does, obviously this is moot, but um, I expect the lions in general to do well. The Minnesota passing defense has given up the third most yards 
per pass attempt and 17 total passing touchdowns this season, including again, three to Adams last week. So I expect Jones to have a big game. A couple honorable mentions here for the wide receiver position, Russell Gage versus Denver. Look, here we go again. Calvin Ridley could miss significant time with an ankle sprain. Even if he misses just this week, the Falcons have a buy in week 10. So he could, they could just sit him to get him healthy, have that extra week, which you see often with injuries and bye weeks. So Russell Gage should get, more work as the number two there for the Falcons. He's seen at least five targets in four of his eight games that he's played this season. If Calvin Ridley is out, I expect Russell Gage to have a nice game there versus Denver. Mike Williams versus the Raiders. So he and Justin Herbert are really starting to mesh here. He caught an impressive one-handed touchdown, then missed another one by two yards after a 38-yard grab where he kind of uh, trickled down the sideline, reached out one hand or two-handed and tried to get the ball around the pylon, did not make it. Um, but he was very close to two touchdowns there. So Herbert's going to continue to throw the ball down the field. The Chargers somehow have blown four consecutive 16-point leads, which is an NFL record, unfortunately, for them. Therefore, I expect the Chargers to continue to chuck it early and often. And Mike Williams is going to be the recipient of those deep throws. Kendrick Bourne for the 49ers against Green Bay. Last week, Bourne saw a season high in targets with 10 receptions with eight, receiving yards with 81, and fantasy points with 16. Debo Samuel is battling a foot, ankle, calf, hamstring injury. Uh, He's got lower body issues all over the place. George Kittle again out for eight weeks with a broken bone in his foot. Bourne should see more work alongside Brandon Ayuk, who busted last week as well. So the 49ers are without Jimmy Garoppolo, who is out for the remainder of the season as well. Nick Mullins and or CJ Beathard will be throwing the ball. But nonetheless, you're looking for opportunity. And Bourne and Ayuk both bring that up. Ayuk is probably managed in all leagues at this point. So look at Kendrick Bourne potentially. Curtis Samuel. At Kansas City, this is going to be a tough one because obviously Kansas City's defense is very good. This is in Arrowhead. CMC is coming back, so he's not going to get that rushing opportunity as much. But Curtis Samuel's a dual threat. He's able to do it rushing and receiving. He should be rostered in every league. If you're stuck, keep an eye on him. And then a couple of the names coming off of by Christian Kirk may have been dropped by the Cardinals versus Miami coming off of by Keelan Cole for the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of by versus Houston and Brandon Cooks and or Randall Cobb um, coming off of a by uh, for Houston Texans. All right, tight ends, and we'll get out of here. Ross Dwelly and or Jordan Reed for the 49ers coming up against Green Bay. Again, George Kittle out for the remainder of the season, right? Unfortunately, this leaves Ross Dwelly, who caught a 16-yard touchdown after Kittle left the game on Sunday, and Jordan Reed, who also caught a touchdown on the – well, caught a would-be touchdown on the play that he was injured versus the Giants a few weeks ago. Now, Jordan Reed is coming back from IR, and Ross Dwelly has kind of been the backup. So it's tough to decide who – you would want, I would lean Jordan Reed if he's 100% healthy for a week. But if this is a long-term play for you, which it will be with Kittle out, like, for example, if you have somebody, if you had, you know, teams on a bye this week, let's just say you have Harrison Bryan or you have uh, Higby and Everett or you have Goddard or whatever, okay, teams on a bye coming up and you just need to fill one particular week and then you're getting that guy back. I would probably go with Jordan Reed off the waivers because even if he gets injured during the game, which he definitely could, you should have his workload during that game. But if you had Kittle as your only tight end and now you uh, no longer have him for the season, you're looking for a long-term play. I would roster Ross Dwelly. I think he's, they're both going to get work. And if Jordan Reed goes down again, Ross Dwelly is the one that you're going to want in general. So keep an eye on those guys. Again, Nick Mullins is taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
and he loves to throw to the tight ends even more than Jimmy does, right? So Green Bay is the seventh toughest matchup against tight ends, but honestly, I don't think it matters, right? The Niners' game plan is to throw close to the line of scrimmage, throw to their tight ends, and Nick Mullins loves the tight ends, especially in the red zone and with the tight end. All you need is three catches for 30 yards and a score to be top eight. And I think both those guys potentially could get it. So Jordan Reed for this week, Ross Dwelly long-term. A couple honorable mentions. TJ Hawkinson for the Lions at Minnesota, 14th against tight ends. Mike Kosicki for the Dolphins at Arizona, 21st against tight ends. Hayden Hurst for the Falcons versus Denver, 19th versus tight ends. Eric Ebron at um, Eric Ebron for Pittsburgh at Dallas, excuse me, 12th against tight ends. And Logan Thomas, for Washington at the Giants, sixth against tight ends, but he should be the focal point of the offense. Again, quick bust out here of the waiver wire pickups. Teams on by Bengals, Browns, Rams, Eagles, teams coming off of by Cardinals, football team, Jaguars, and Texans. Top five quarterbacks to stream, Big Ben, Matt Stafford, Drew Locke, Cam Newton, Jake Lutton of the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're stuck in Dynasty Leagues and uh, Superflex. Running backs, DJ Dallas and potentially Alex Collins for the Seahawks, Jordan Wilkins and or Naheem Hines for the Colts, Dexter Williams and or Tyler Irvin for the Green Bay Packers. They're down to their fourth and fifth string running backs against the uh, 49ers this Thursday. Deonta Foreman, throwback uh, for Tennessee. Keep an eye on him and Jeremy McNichols if you're stuck there as well. And J.D. McKissick for Washington coming off of a bye. Corey Davis for wide receiver, Marvin Jones for wide receiver. Keep an eye on Muhammad Sanu, Quintez Cephas too, if you're in deeper leagues or not available. A couple honorable mentions for uh, wide receivers, Russell Gage for the Falcons, Mike Williams for the Chargers, Kendrick Bourne for the Niners, Curtis Samuel for the Carolina Panthers, Christian Kirk for the Cardinals, Keelan Cole for the Jaguars, and Brandon Cook slash Randall Cobb, if available for the Houston Texans. And then tight ends, Ross Dwelly and or Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed this week, Ross Dwelly long-term, filling in for George Kittle for the 49ers. And then TJ Hawkinson, Mike Kosicki, Hayden Hurst, Eric Ebron, and Logan Thomas. All right, y'all, another long one for me solo. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Again, lead with compassion, lead with love, lead with understanding. We're all in this together. I hope everybody is healthy and well. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Next episode coming up. Our boy Dweez Nuts coming in with the Stat Rat episode for this week. Wednesday, we're bringing in Bobby Lamarco, per usual, the fantasy football X Factor for the early game episodes. Lucas Kaser on Thursday for the late game episodes. And then Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP coming in for the Friday version of the TCK Pod Listener League recap of week eight, preview of week nine. This is episode 295. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. I wish you all the best. Take care of yourself and each other be well stay healthy and we i am out of here thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 